0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my fantastical co-host, Courtney Kay. It is early. It is raining. This could be interesting today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, t- I am here with my cozy Fallon, and that Ooh. word because yeah today kind of sucks it's really <laughs> dreary and it has been for a while now but every time that I jump on to chat with you it's like so happy and sunny maybe sunny is a better word my son I like friend. that I like
2: that <laughs>
0: I know we didn't actually record any new episodes last week because we had double recorded the week before and so I'm like oh I know So sad and lonely I'm just is- over here talking to myself <laughs> What is
1: this productivity? <laughs> I no, I know. I kept checking my calendar like, wait, oh, no, we're not recording this week. Weird. <laughs> I know. So
0: strange. So well, strange. I have missed you. Yeah, same. Happy to be back. What have And you not been talking up to? to myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all need talking a break to- from that sometimes.
0: <laughs> talking to another human is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so yesterday – I'm going to try to, like, not spend 20 minutes on this. Um, we'll okay, see if you knows.
1: do.
0: <laughs> but yesterday, the mid-season trailer for Vanderpump Rules dropped. And I know I talked, um, I think, last episode or maybe the episode before about the Vanderpump Rules scandal that has yes. shooken everybody. The world will never be the same. Um, I am still obsessed with it. And so we got our first look at like what the second half of the season is going to be like, which includes a lot of stuff that they shot, you know, last summer and in the fall, but also includes a lot of the footage that they shot right after this whole scandal dropped, which first of all, just kudos to Bravo for really... (sighs) Like, they were not scheduled to be filming. None of this was supposed to be happening. And this news broke, and they had cameras there, like, the next day. So, like, (laughs) thank you for doing the Lord's work (laughs) and being totally on top of it. But, I mean, so this new footage that was filmed, like, just a couple of weeks ago, it's amazing how quick this turnaround time is, is, like, chilling, like, chilling just watching so we see tom and ariana having a conversation you know tom is the cheater tear who we all hate now yes and so we see their like first conversation that they're having like post finding out this news and i i just i cannot wait i won't say too much because i want to actually watch the season and see how it plays out but the last (laughs) Like the last line of this trailer, like I literally screamed. <laughs> like Tom is in the kitchen, and Ariana's like sitting over on the couch, and he's like, "Do you want anything?" And she just looks at him, and just in the calmest, coolest oh voice is like, "For you to die." <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> like, it I was just screaming. <laughs> give her the oscar the emmy (laughs) like give her everything it was just like perfect delivery the perfect line and i just i can't wait i mean i watched it's like a you know a 90 second trailer i watched it like at least 10 times
1: yesterday that's right oh my god (sighs) so good all right what about you well i can't decide if i'm disappointed that I didn't get on this like train <laughs> no. sooner or if I'm relieved because it also sounds very stressful yeah. as a fan. No, I
0: was going to say you really, you your mental health will thank you for not, not caring about these trash human beings and their lives. I'm sure they're all very lovely people off camera, except for Tom who sucks, obviously, no matter what. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, on camera, they're trash human beings. (laughs) Oh, God. But I love them for it. I thank them for their service.
1: (laughs) Sometimes I wonder. I mean, stuff like that, it can't be scripted, right? When it's, like, relationships your whole life. Like, to a point, it can't be.
0: No, I think – I think with Vanderpump, what has always made it such a good show is that these people are really friends. They um, like the way that this show came about was very organic. Like they all actually did work at the restaurant at one point in time, even though they don't anymore. Um, But their friend group, like they hang out together when they're not filming. And I think like when you're looking at something like Real Housewives um you know or yeah. something like the bachelor where obviously they're like in these circumstances like while the cameras are up and then the cameras go away and they all just kind of like go their separate ways um that doesn't happen with these guys because they're all actually friends and they are still very like entrenched in each other's lives mm-hmm. um so i think there are obviously certain things like i know there've been people who've like seen Vanderpump filming. And I know that they have times where they'll be like, okay, we need to go back and you need to have that conversation again. Like we need to film it again Mm. from the top. So I know that they do stuff like that, which I think is just normal reality TV stuff. But I think the conflicts that arise in this group are very organic and very true to life.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'll never forget. So I used to teach preschool, like in another life. And one of the moms, I remember her telling me she was trying to get her and her friend group on, like, The Real Housewives. No. And then I don't teach preschool anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and I'm done. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah. it was like, she was so proud of it. I'm like,
0: okay. <laughs> it just sounds awful. You. I mean, I will watch these shows until the day day I die or they're taken off the air but I like if somebody was like do you want to be on a reality tv show I'd be like no but I (laughs) do want to watch it (laughs) oh yes and and truly truly thank you all for your service right I'm sure it's terrible yes in many ways but I appreciate you sacrificing yourself for my entertainment
1: (laughs) oh that's all right, exciting. So what's been going on with you. Uh, not much. Not much at all. It's very, uh, yeah. I don't know how people, I know we were talking about before we logged on, but like, I don't know how people in extra rainy states, you know? Yeah. Do weather like this. I know, like, all of Calif, all of Southern California is crying and we probably seem like so ridiculous, but <laughs> we're just not used to it. Yeah. We're not and our- made for this. And to like, to be very fair to us, our cities are
0: not made for this either. So it causes a lot of problems. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: yes, in some instances we're being overdramatic, but in a lot of instances, like, shit's flooding. And, you know, there's like serious stuff happening that is not great. But also, yeah, the seasonal, whatever the seasonal depression thing is, I forget what it's actually called. Sad. Yeah. Seasonal affective
1: <laughs> disorder. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, we
0: all got sad right now. <laughs> it's for sure. I need my daily dose of sunshine and I am I am not
1: getting it. And it's it's brutal. I know. So
0: hopefully so I went out so Saturday, so it's Tuesday right now as we're recording, but this past Saturday, it was like beautiful, like gorgeous, sunny day perfect and warm. And, uh, so I went to the zoo with my kid and my sister and her kid and my mom, and it was like, you couldn't even move. It was like so crowded because you could like the entire city of LA was like, it's sunny. Let's go outside. Like Everybody was just like, Oh my God, it's back. It's like, It was just the most crowded zoo experience I've ever had in my life. It was terrible. But I I was, even still, I was just like, sunshine,
1: I don't care. I just (laughs) need some, I need some vitamin D. Speaking of LA, I recently booked tickets um, for my kiddo, but mostly for myself to go to, it's like a Barbie experience. (laughs) I I saw that. I'm doing it. (laughs) And you get to go into like a life-size Barbie dream house
3: and Barbie
1: RV and pool. And I'm telling you that my entire Instagram is going to be those photos.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. I cannot wait to hear about that because they kept popping up on my Instagram and I was like, do I
1: need to do this? Yes.
0: Yes, you do. (laughs)
1: When the movie comes out in July, I think. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. I'm so I think excited. it comes out, like, either on my birthday or, like, very close to my birthday.
1: <clears throat> Mine, too, actually. Are we both July babies? Yes. How do we not know this? I don't have not I'm July 23rd. When are you? 14. Nice. Are you a Cancer?
0: No, I'm a Leo. Leo. I'm, like, right on the cusp, but, yeah, I'm Okay, a Leo. okay. Yeah. Which doesn't track with a lot of my personality.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they say your moon sign is like sometimes more specific to your personality.
0: I also have a Leo moon. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm like Leo, Leo, Capricorn for whatever like the top three are.
1: (laughs) Interesting. I think my moon is a Libra. But I don't, I didn't know like my birth time. So I don't know how accurate that
0: is yeah okay we need to have an author on who's like really good with astrology so they can tell us
1: oh and i guess that's a good segue to who we have on oh yeah um because i know at the end we talk some tarot which is really fun
0: yeah that was super cool um yeah so we're gonna talk to uh faith mclaren and victoria fulton today about their new book ellie is cool now and um i'm pretty sure in the process of our conversation they also convinced me and Courtney that we should write a book together. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now we have like a whole brainstorming doc. Like I know. Things are thing. happening. It's happening. So, so you keep know. an eye out five years from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So in five years, when our first book as a writing duo comes out, you can say you were there when it, it all started. <laughs> I love it. All right. So we will be uh right back with with Victoria and
1: Faith. Hi, everyone. Um, we are here with the amazing Faith McLaren and Victoria Fulton. And to give you a little intro to them, um, they are besties and co-authors of the international Wattpad phenomenon and Wadi Award-winning rom-com Ellie is Cool Now, as well as young adult psychological thriller Horror Hotel. Originally from Ohio and Texas, Victoria and Faith now live and write in too sunny Los Angeles, California. Victoria lives with her fiancé and their two cat children. She has a degree in chemical engineering from the University of Dayton, so naturally she co-runs a PR agency with her other bestie when she's not writing about smooching and serial killers. Faith lives with her guitar-making husband, Pokemon, loving son, and two scruffy dogs. When she isn't listening to BTF or painting on her deck, Faith writes contemporary romance novels and volunteers with wolves in a sanctuary sanctuary outside Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Y'all I'm are amazing. amazing. Thank you for being here.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank, Thank you for engineer. having us. This is fun. The chemical engineer and the wolves I always get a.
0: Woo. <laughs> yeah. The wow face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. We are so happy to have you guys here. Um, I always especially love talking to our LA friends because we're just the coolest. No offense to everyone else out there, but...
2: A little too sunny, obviously, in our bio, but I love it. I love it otherwise. (laughs) yeah,
0: We've been needing some sunshine lately because we have been drowning in rain, so...
2: Yeah. yeah, that's the caveat is that the rain here is not like rain. You know, people are like, "Let's just a little rain," but it's like, no, no, there's no drainage. <laughs> you don't understand. We're not prepared for rain, so it's, it's it horrible.
3: Is never ready for rain. No,
0: yeah, no, and uh, yeah, I have. I walk my kid to school in the mornings, but it's like on the even if it's rained the night before, we have to drive because. Otherwise, like the streets are just like puddles. Like you can't even walk
2: yeah. <laughs> on the streets. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. You take it for granted because I was raised uh, in Ohio and uh, I grew up in Ohio and the, you know, it rains and it's like, you know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, it's raining, you know, go play in the rain, but not here. No, nope, don't play in the rain. You're going to get washed away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mine disappears. Yeah. It doesn't really mist here. Like it's torrential no. <laughs> no. downpour or nothing.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, okay. Well, we are super excited to chat with you guys today um, about your new book, Ellie is Cool Now, um, which has one of my favorite covers this year because it's just like so pink and sparkly. Yeah. Like it yeah. is mm-hmm. everything I have ever wanted. Better. It's just so yeah. good. Um, And it is available now. So can you guys give us your, give us your elevator pitch? Tell us a little bit about the book.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Um, So basically, um, Ellie is, uh, you know, 28 years old, living in LA. She's a TV writer and her she's, you know, on track for uh, big things in TV writing, but her boss thinks that she's a little bit cynical and she actually writes for a high school show, a school it's called cooler than you. at Staten in high school. And so her boss basically, um, just decides after a pretty bad, uh, uh, screenplay that or or, uh episode that she is very cynical in uh decides that she needs to go to her high school reunion which he finds an invitation or he has his assistant find an invitation and so she is thrust back to ohio to attend her high school reunion kind of against her will and her friends decide to come up with a bucket list for her uh with with the senior uh, superlatives and so she has to do a checklist Um, the problem is one of the checklist items is involves her, her long ago crush that never, uh, came to fruition as any kind of, uh, full fledged romance in high school. And, um, and also she ends up running into, when she goes back, she ends up running into her ex best friend from high school who, uh, kind of betrayed her at some point. So, um, yeah. So then this is kind of wild antics of going through a bucket list and being back, you know, kind of the, you know, I, I always think about like when we were writing Ellie, it was like, I was trying to tap into, cause I didn't, we didn't go to our high school reunions. Um, but I was trying to <laughs> oh, tap into the feeling of what it would feel like when, if you went and you did big things and then you had to go back to a place that made you feel very small. Mm-hmm. And so that is sort of the premise of the book. And, um, it's fun. It's just kind of a good time, you know?
3: Good time.
2: <laughs> but it's also uh, heart-wrenching a little bit to go back to a place that, you know, you don't love.
3: <laughs> yeah. And and I think also, like, encountering, especially the storyline with her best ex-best friend, you know, encountering someone who meant a lot to you, who was kind of also, like, bigger than the place they were from, but definitely took a different road than you did in how they handled it. And uh, like then having to like kind of what that does for Ellie and what it sort of makes her consider about herself, I think is is a really moving story, relatable experience for a lot of people.
0: I love that. Um, I have to say, I think the storyline with her friend was probably my favorite part of the book um, because it just felt like so real and like so heartbreaking. But I also just loved how sorry, the jerks down my street. Motorcycles. With their huge yeah. motorcycles. Um I like I also did not go to my high school reunion. I have not been to either of them. My twentieth I mean, was last year. <laughs> I did not go. And um I just felt like that reading Ellie's experience I felt like it would be like everyone's experience sort mm-hmm. of going back to your reunion where you know there's the people that stayed and kind of stayed the same and then there's these people that have gone off and like done great things um but it just felt like I feel like this is like the universal high school reunion experience which was a lot of fun to read
2: well mm-hmm. the one thing that I thought about you know we were writing it was I, I didn't go we didn't go and I'm never gonna go like I'm never gonna go like it's never it's not gonna happen um, but I think um, my so my mother actually went to like her I forget what it was it was like I I mean she's old so it was it was mini high school many years later um, but uh, she told me that after all those years they're still clicking up like the mm. groups are still there they get back into the like you just snap back into old ways and she so she said that you know she, when she went like it was just she just expe- she wasn't expecting that she wasn't expecting everybody to still c- like be clicky and like the hierarchy was still there after yeah, all this yeah, so that yeah. was like that she really convinced stopped. me nope you <laughs> know <laughs> and it's also like those people you know they know you for you know i mean for for from where I'm from, like I grew up from kindergarten with all these people, you know, mm-hmm. and so they knew you when you were like awkward or like when you were you know. I don't know when you had kind of greasy hair because you, you didn't shower enough, you know? Like, I don't, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you don't need that. It's like there's something, you know, nice about coming, going somewhere else and starting over, I think.
3: Yeah. Being, to, getting to choose more of who you are and what you want to be and what you want your person to be known for, I guess. Um, I didn't go to high school. So I was homeschooled. Oh, wow. um, I went to like the first, like, Trimester of height of ninth grade and uh, was a big, I mean, big troublemaker. Less, less than the like. I wasn't a wild partyer. I just was like always trying to protest something, always getting into it with the teacher, like about something that I saw as an injustice. And like my parents finally just said. We are tired of going to your high school, (laughs) like we're pulling out. And so, like, I had such a different experience than like than most people did, but I still relate to that concept because I lived in a town where everybody knew me, and I went to like I had like a church community that was very like you, you know, we have an idea of who you are, and we would like you to be that person. And just constantly sort of feeling like they were wrong and I didn't want that. And, uh, and so like that part of the journey, I think it's universal even if you didn't like hate your high school, you have people who see you away that is not how you want to be seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I actually like, I didn't hate high school um, at the time. Um, I, looking back on it, I can see how a lot of things that happened in high school, like actually had a pretty big effect on me, you know, like mentally and emotionally later on. Um, But yeah, I think it's exactly what you're saying is that, you know, you move on from that, especially people who do move away from their hometowns. um, And you do sort of become this like different person and to go back to, you know, it's also kind of like, sometimes how it is with your family too is like you have grown and changed as a person but when you go back to your family you sort of like revert back to that person Mm -hmm. that you were as a child um we just find that whole concept so interesting and so fascinating
2: it was funny we were at a high school yesterday in los angeles we went to for our uh our young adult book we went to a high school Mm -hmm. uh for an event which is super fun but california high schools are So different than (laughs) Ohio. Like I was, we were walking around this high school and all the lockers are outside and the campus is like all outdoor and like Mm -hmm. all the access to the room, the classrooms and the library and everything was just outside. And I I was like, I would have loved, I think I would have loved it here actually Mm -hmm. maybe because our, my high school personally felt like a prison. I mean, it, if you actually drive by it, it looks like a prison. I mean, the way they have it street set street. up is a brick, like it's like a brick box on top of a hill. And I mean, just add some barbed wire fencing around it and it really would look like a prison. And so I, and I, you know, the, the they had, very, it was very strict, you know, like the, the, the way that they ran the school was very strict, even though they were, I mean, it was like, the kids were fine, the, everybody, but it was just strict for no reason. And then I think that created a landscape within the school of like because you know it was kind of one of those situations where the football players could do no wrong like they could probably burn the school down and everybody would be like it's okay you know we'll just build a new one (laughs) and for me I was more academic you know I was I was in musical theater and I was also like a straight A student and they treated me me like I was like gonna like if I like I remember one time I um I, I would never skip class. I need you guys to know. It, like, just it would never happen. And they called me down to the office to accuse me of skipping class because something, some wire got crossed somewhere. I have no idea what happened. Um, and like they called me down to that, and I just, I just like looked at them like, "What is wrong with you? I have like a four point one average. Like, give me a break." So, I anyways, think that contributed. Yeah. I think that contributed to the dynamic of feeling like I hated high school. It was also like just the high school that I went to.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: California is amazing. But, anyways, (laughs) I'm just so (laughs) jealous of everybody here.
3: Courtney, did you, were you like, did you grow up in California or were you from, are you also a transplant to Los Angeles area?
1: Born and raised in uh, California. We share some similarities in that I went to elementary school through like second grade. Then I was homeschooled until eighth grade. So uh, that was quite a transition. And I'm, I don't know what you all are going to think of me when I tell you this, but I saw the movie Clueless. Love Clueless. And then I begged my parents to go to public school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because that's a very accurate
1: representation. Well, actually, uh, just to even go farther down that road and what you're going to think of me, I saw (laughs) Clueless and I'm pretty sure I fell in love with Cher. I just didn't know what like that was yet because um, in my upbringing, you know queerness didn't exist <laughs> yeah. but I wanted to bleach my hair like platinum blonde right mm-hmm. and then um I dunked my head into like actual household bleach because that's what you do when you're like 12 years old <laughs> no, my way. hair turned I have like red undertones because of my like Irish roots so I uh looked like vitamin c if you know who that singer is yeah from that era. <laughs>
2: Graduation. Yes. 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 the graduation the bright
1: orange hair um anyway and then I was like my parents told me if I wrote an essay I could go to public school so I wrote an essay and I was like oh I want to go to dances and <laughs> like socialize <laughs> anyway <laughs> did you get to go I went I went oh, in good. eighth grade um It was not everything that Clueless said it would be. Um, No, no.
2: (laughs) False advertising.
1: Um, But you know, like. Girls, really. (laughs) I ended up. False advertising. I know. High school's interesting. I I haven't been to my reunions either. Um, But I had such a core group of great friends toward the end with my choir buddies. And, uh, you know, that made it worth it. But yeah, Mm -hmm. like this book is the Romy and Michelle high school reunion Mm -hmm. that. We need right now. <laughs> <It's Yeah. great. laughs> love Romy Michelle. I do. I love
3: that. Movie. <laughs> okay. yeah.
2: I, I want more of those movies. Can they make yeah. more? Like, can they go to like their like whatever re- whatever twentieth thirtieth whatever reunion that they're at? Because I would love to hear that.
1: out. here we go. There we go. Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 No, I. I think high school is such a unique experience. And I think that there were, I, I'm jealous of the people too that had like their core group of friends. Cause I had friends, obviously, but it was just like we were, I remember feeling like we were plucked to, like we were kind of like plucked out of, you know, nothing to like just get together. And I didn't know what was like bringing us together exactly. And, um, and it, we just, I just felt like we were really miscellaneous. And I, I ended up getting um, a boyfriend, like, my junior year, which was kind of a lifesaver at some level, because it just got me through the rest of it. I was just like, I'm gonna hang out with this person. Um, and, you know, and I, and I, and I did have friends, but it just, it never felt like, um, I, I don't think I had learned to be a good friend yet either. I, I didn't know, I was still figuring, you know, it's like that, that time you're super malleable. You like, you're trying to figure out who you are. And I didn't mm-hmm. know who I was at that point. So I think college got me, started to get me closer to that where I had a best friend and I had like, you know, and even after college, I started to have like more of a core group of friends. And so that who I still am in touch with today. And so I think college was my sort of coming of age moment instead of high school, but yeah. yeah. I like I that what you
0: said about, you didn't know how to be a good friend yet because no, I yeah. think that that's really important. And I think that a lot of us, like, I definitely feel like that too. I did not know how to be a good friend yet. And mm-hmm. I think Uh, A lot of us don't know how to be a good friend. And also your friendships just feel like the be all end all when you're like in that, you know, in that stage of your life. And so you're maybe not treating each other well. And it always feels like the worst possible thing you could be going through. But really, you just are like learning how to be a good person. And that Mm -hmm. takes some time. I
2: Mm -hmm. wish they would teach that in school, actually. I wish they would teach you how to be a good friend. I don't think they I don't think that we. I didn't have, I was an only child. So when, when I was growing up, I mean, I, that was the bane of my existence was friend making. Cause I was like, who are, you know, who are these peers? I hang out with adults, you know, and I, I was trying to figure out, you know, so I think that also contributed to that. So sort of it's being an only child is a little bit like being homeschooled because <laughs> like, you're kind of alone all the time. And so, you know, figuring out how to, how to connect with your peers is a, is a, uh, that's a feat, you know? So I think that yeah. part of Ellie's, like, you know, what, what I, I always like, what my inspiration was, as we were writing the book was that, you know, I didn't know how to connect with my fr- like friends, like people my own age, or I struggled to. And that was something I learned, you know, how to. You know, love people, and because people make mistakes, that's the other thing. Is that, and I think that's like the, the core story of like Roxy and Ellie is that like mm-hmm. you know, Roxy made a lot of mistakes Ellie made a lot of mistakes too, but like Roxy, you know, she did something kind of really bad, and that you know, to Ellie uh, in some ways. And I think that Ellie had to realize that Roxy is not perfect, and neither is Ellie. And like, you know, it, it, you, there's the growth trajectory is a little bit of a a path of forgiveness you know of not like forgiveness just like for something you did but also forgiveness for people being human like we are mm-hmm. all human and nobody has a perfect um
3: nobody has a nobody's perfect <laughs> so well and I think also like we're all human we're all the main character of our own story so mm-hmm. you're not necessarily like villain being a villain to somebody just because you do something that is hurtful like sometimes you're just not aware. Like Roxy, like for instance, was going through things and really not thinking about Ellie. And I think that's horrible. That's not a good friend, but they didn't know at the time that like they didn't have the tools to come to each other and be there for each other in the way they both needed to be there for each other. So they broke, they broke, they cracked, you know? And I think that's such a common, it's not that you're really trying to hurt somebody. Sometimes it's just you don't no, or you're really hurting yourself and so you just kind of hurt others
2: there's like a there's a thing throughout the story that I that we kind of added later that I really liked um but it's like the for, you know the friendship necklaces when you have um the two halves of the heart one of them you know will say B E and the other one will say st and the other and you have like half friend, friend split in half so it looks like each side says B Fry Stens And that was something that we kind of latched onto, like when we kind of found that it was like this kind of, um, because they would say that we were beef fry -Fry Sends. And beef fry Sends became this symbol for complicated female friendships, (laughs) like where it's like you love them, but you also see them maybe making mistakes or maybe you don't agree with something um that they're doing and but you still love them and it's still and maybe like you guys don't agree with each other or like whatever you it's just like a complicated I think we ha- we I think we all have like those friends or like people of the past or whatever like where I see what they're doing in their life and I'm like I don't know if I agree with that but I also want you to do whatever you need to do you know and I still love you no matter what you your trajectory is and I think that um that kind of became a symbol um for us of like the beef right sentence thing <laughs>
0: I love that. That was very relatable. I think we all had those mm-hmm. necklaces, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah,
2: know. I know. I want to do a
1: giveaway at the well, oh, yes. Um, Are you I, sure? Yeah, at an event
3: <laughs> somewhere, so cute. sometimes. And so,
1: um, I feel like that leads really well into as best friends working together. um Can you tell us what's that? What that's like? Like, I've always been so fascinated with co-writing and writing as a team, and. Um, yeah, I would just love to hear all about it. Yeah. I mean, we, so we started,
3: it's funny because we were friends before we started. So we didn't, uh, sometimes these writing partnerships, they they start as like you kind of know each other and you like, there's a reason for you to work together, you know, kind of, a, we were friends. We met in a writing workshop, um, a YA middle grade writing workshop. Like it feels like a hundred years ago. It was like 10 not, years ago, I think. Yeah. And, um, and we, and so we, we really bonded in that workshop as being two people who were both very like driven, ambitious, and like, we both loved screenwriting. We both, we were both also trying to screenwrite at the time. And, um, you know, Alex, I think moved during the, the workshop to, I, you know, yeah, yeah. I was still in Texas at the time. And so we bonded, sort of, as both having big ideas, big dreams, like being big, like dreams. ambition, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Gryphon
2: ambition <laughs> over here. Both, yeah.
3: both of us are Gryphon doors. We're Gryphon yeah. Gri- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and so like that was so. It's not like we were like, oh, we're gonna just write a, we're just gonna start writing together. You know, it was like we're friends. And and I think that when we when I moved to Los Angeles was when we decided, let's try. Like, we wrote a screenplay together first, and it was super fun. And and it just evolved into this, this is fun, this isn't too hard, you know? Well, we were tired of
2: writing in a vacuum. I mean, I think both of us, So I was trying to be like a TV writer, and or Faith was trying to, we write underpin names, everyone, so I will occasionally slip up. But um, uh, Faith was trying to, you know, do the author, like, you know, figure out the after career. And so we were both just kind of tired of writing in a vacuum. And then we were like, let's write, like, let's just do some stuff together and have fun. And so we just wrote this, Ellie actually was written chapter by chapter on Wattpad. And the way that we wrote Ellie and our process has evolved since then, but the way we wrote Ellie was that we would each write a chapter. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd write a chapter, she'd uh, go through and add her voice. Um, And then she'd write a chapter and I'd go through and add my voice. And that was kind of how our voices intermingled was Mm -hmm. through just like, you know, each of us kind of doing that over and over, like through the, through the book. And, um, and yeah. And so um, the kind of the way that it's evolved to is uh, it, it we kind of play it by ear. Like sometimes we feel like, sometimes we add like each, add like a thousand words. Like, so we just like, so I tend to write at night, she tends to write, uh, Faith tends to write, dur- and like, during the day. So sometimes she'll write, like, a thousand words during the day, and then I'll write a thousand words at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes then that gets a little stale. And so we just have to kind of vary up the process, but we each touch all of the words. Mm-hmm. So that's the most important thing, I think, in our process and the reason that – like, I know that some writers will choose a character to like, so like some partnerships choose, like they'll choose a character, like you write this character, I'll cho- write that character. Um, obviously in Elias is cool Now we have one POV, um, in our YA, we have four. Um, but we each touch all the characters because, I mean, it's just,
3: that's, that's fun. Do it all. And it helps too, because I think we both, go into this, knowing that this is something we're shaping together. Um, We're not, uh, we're not precious about it. Like it's, it's something that like, it would be like, it would be a different thing if we were writing it individually and we recognize that we are writing this as a partnership. And so what we're creating is something that is unique to our, the two of us creating it together. And so there's like people, we got this question, like, do you ever disagree on, you know, what you, where you want to take a story, take the story. And it's like, we don't, because we typically will just kind of come in, come in with the goal of like, we're going to do the best thing we can. And that means that even if we're not like on the same page right away, like we talk about it until we get on the same page, we don't write anything that (laughs) the other person disagrees with.
2: We kind of treat it like a writer's room. I would say like, so like, you know, coming from uh, TV, TV, kind of in, inundated in that world. It's kind of like, it's just like a collaboration. And, you know, when you collaborate, you're not saying, hey, that idea sucks, we're going to do it my way, you know? Like mm-hmm. you're, it's you're, you stay open to like, you know? And so it just becomes like um, this really fun process of like collaborating because the thing that you're going to, you have to know that the thing that you're creating together, it's going to look different than something you would create on your own. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, Th- this thing together is going to be better than something that you would create on your own because it's, you know, because it's, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like, um I actually heard, a, a, I was listening to a random podcast with the director talking about, cl- he was a director of like sausage party, I think. I don't know. Shrek 2 and sausage party. I don't know. And, but he yeah. had some good stuff to say, honestly, about like collaborating with the team. And he was like, you know, you have, you, as a director, you have something in your head, but that's not necessarily the best version of the story. You know the best version of the story is when you come together and you collaborate we've got like the animators you've got the actors and the you know the writers and you know they're going to have their own version of the story and sort of like you're going to let everybody it's kind of becomes like a like a like an orchestra like it's you know and i think in our case it's like you know we're like a little string quartet like we're just what the music that we create together is different than something that we create on our own and so that's we let it flow
0: Okay, that's like so fascinating. And I love Mm -hmm. that so much. And I think one of the things like one of the things we kind of tend to hear a lot over and over when we're talking with writers on the podcast is just like, how solitary it is all the time Mm -hmm. and how alone you can feel. And just like the thought of like having somebody like with you through it the whole time just sounds Mm -hmm. like oh that must just be so nice to just always have a buddy a buddy system
3: it is especially when you come you do like especially in the because one of the things that's changed about our process is like the outlining because we have to do we're doing proposals now so we're having to do the full synopsis outline situation and like which we never used to do like that was like when we i was not outlined That was that was before this this part of our journey, and um and it's so it's interesting because right up front we're doing this work of the back and forth, that, you know the the molding and the shaping of the story, and having that collaboration right up front. So when you run into like I don't know what to do in this scene, or I'm in I've I've planned myself into a corner, like we're you're not you're not stuck as fast. It's
2: so nice. It's so nice to just be able to call someone when you're stuck and be like. Hey, I'm stuck. Help me, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and I mean, I that that is probably why I wanted to be a TV writer or like, um, you know, write movies. Is I just love the collaborative, uh, element of it, and so getting it right with a partner is just so fun for me because it's the same. It's like what I wanted. I I really love. I mean, I think it's fun to you know write stuff on your own too, and and you know, Faith obviously has her own projects that you know she's doing. But um, I just, I don't know, this
1: collaboration will always be my favorite. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just like, my wheels are turning. <laughs> because it really does sound like a dream to me. It's cool. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's fun. I mean, I think more books should be written are by
1: partners. I just
0: think Okay, well, I was saying before we started recording that I am trying to convince Courtney to write a book with me. And so I do it.
1: Yeah, and then I said I'm trying You're to sure. convince you to write a book with me, and I think we already have um like a little, a little snippet that I've been keeping here, so we'll have do to it, do it, do it. Um, yeah, do it. That would be fun. And I love what you said about coming into it. That probably is the key, like coming into it with the mindset of this is a different kind of project. It's not about. Mm-hmm me. It's not about them. It's about what we're going to create together. It's new. It's mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. yeah it's totally different. different. Yeah. We, and I
3: think that that makes a difference in the, just the overall vibe. Cause like the working together on the projects is just always so organic feeling. And like, and I think that is one of the things that, you know, because we have like from the get go, I don't think we ever were really like, like is my project, you know. It's like it's not like we're doing this. Like it's so like it's so obviously not our own thing, and I think that that has made it just really interesting. And you know, it's an it's a different it's a different puzzle itself. And,
2: and I think you'll know right away if too if you like. I think that the feeling that you get when you work with someone, like when you are talking to them about stories. And you'll know right away if that person is the right fit for you. And I mean, I, you know, people say, oh, it's a marriage and you know, all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, sure. But you can always go right. If it doesn't work out, you just go right. You your like if you yeah, gotta sure. marriage, You're fine. Like, just, just enjoy it. <laughs> just do something together. Just have fun and play. And I think then you'll be, you'll be good.
3: And you also do learn something <laughs> like, you know, working together tra- teaches you things about each other, sure. or each other's process. And then you do learn things that you were like, I didn't think about it that way. Or I, you know, would never have thought of that. And it's cool because it helps. It just helps everything
1: that you're doing. Yeah, That's cool. You sold. You sold me on it. <laughs> I know, right? It just yeah. sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's
3: fun. Yeah. Yeah, and you already know you like each other, so it's like yeah, it's easy. You always yeah. already work together. Yeah, you're oh, already yeah. doing together. <laughs> Do it.
0: Okay, okay, you convinced us. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> okay. okay, well, um, speaking of epic collaborations, I, I think somebody else on the podcast told us this that Shonda Rhimes and Julia Quinn have written mm. a book together and mm-hmm. that is like yep. one of the prequels <laughs> about the queen and i know you guys are into bridgerton obviously we're in between seasons here but i want to hear all your thoughts on the prequels on the show on what you're hoping for with season three
3: being I, honest. well i'm um, <laughs> that's my favorite show ever <laughs> the victoria side
2: is my favorite show of all time so i have like so me like I love Shonda Rhimes like like I, I had recently developed because of Bridgerton I've developed this love for her I, I was not a grades Anatomy fan really or anything like that so I did not get into I was late to the Shonda Rhimes party um, but I'm obsessed now with um, I mean with all things Bridgerton and I um, I just love everything about the way they're doing the show and you know this like the vision for the show is just watching it it's like it's just like unlike anything you've ever seen and it's also dream come true because one of the things that happened when I got out of college I, I studied chemical engineering it was a miserable four years I'm just you know not even that's not a secret for me uh just it was miserable and so when I got out of college I did nothing but write read historical romance novels for an entire summer I think I probably read like a hundred it was just I just needed an escape and Mm -hmm. romance is the perfect place to have an escape (laughs) and so on historical romance for some reason i just i loved it it was just like another world i you know i could just check out somewhere else and so i remember thinking and one of the reasons i wanted to go into film was like i would love to see these turned into movies like i want you know i want tv movies whatever i need to see this on screen I, why are we not seeing this on screen? I just couldn't wrap my brain around like this, these, this would be, this is so cinematic. Like we should see this. So Bridgerton was a dream come true on multiple levels for me. And then um, I, so I um, went through like, so I love um, I love Penelope and I love the the Penelope Collins thing. Um, I, I don't know exactly why. I just think that um, she's, I know she's such a unique heroine for mm-hmm. uh, for a show, for a TV show, uh, you know. And I just – I'm excited to see that dynamic play. I I'm, I told my doctor yesterday because I had, like, a weird number on a t- – not bad. Not, nothing bad. It was just, like, a little elevated. And I just – he called me, and I was like, I just need to make it to Bridgerton season three. <laughs> <laughs> started laughing but like i just i'm serious i don't need to live it's a weird i'm fine but like i just need to (laughs) (laughs) a weird hypochondriac like thought of i gotta make it to bridgerton i gotta know
3: what happens to manella and in
2: college (laughs) play out on screen because i read the book i actually haven't read all the books i've only read romancing mr bridgerton and i love it so i'm excited
0: (sighs) yeah i'm interested i I have read all the books and I like that we're not like staying a hundred percent true to the books. Mm-hmm. I think in this case yeah. it, it is working that they're doing that. Um and I know obviously with the Penelope and Colin story they're gonna have to deviate a little bit um yes. because, you know, of the super p- problematic way that they Colin all of a sudden finds himself into Penelope in the books. When mm-hmm. she loses weight and totally changes her appearance. So we're scratching yeah. that part of that storyline. Um, and I'm just like so excited. I love friends to lovers. And mm-hmm. I also love that, just like, you know, she's just had this crush on him for so long. And I just love those stories where it's like, you know, okay. they've known each other forever.
1: It's just the cutest. Yeah. yeah I
2: think, and I,
1: yeah. yeah. Sorry. No. So I was yeah. just going to say, Penel- Penelope's fucking badass. Yes. she like has her whole thing going on i'm so independent i i love penelope just like die hard. i love
2: penelope and i love mego coughlin like i love the actor who plays penelope and mm-hmm. i just
3: think that she's, she's fabulous her photo she's an icon like, i'm like yeah. i wish i could take a photo shoot like that i want to she's just a burgeoning
2: icon it's just you, you're watching it happen you're like okay this this woman is fantastic um mm-hmm. so yeah no I'm I love I love the character I love um I love the trajectory I love how they did the show like I love how they introduced her and in, you know kind of you know I mean this isn't a spoiler now I don't think that she's Lady Whistledown and so I love how they are dealing with that and um I just, I don't know. I'm so excited to see like how they rewrite. I, I, I also think that like, you know, I'm not in the camp that the, the show or the movie has to be exactly like the book. Like sometimes you want that, I guess, like the, you know, the hating game. I wanted that. I wanted it to just be exactly like <laughs> the book and it pretty much did that. Um, so that was good. I got what I wanted out of that. But with Bridgerton, I feel like I am very in- interested in like having a new experience with the show. Yeah. Instead of like having to see exactly what happens in the book play out on screen, so well, I think I'm that
3: that is like one of the strengths of Bridgerton as an adaptation. Is I think that as an adaptation that was strict, it would not be interesting. It would okay. not be what we want to see, yeah. um, and that's because the books were written in a specific time, in a different, you know, and these were in a much more like this is kind of rigid historical fiction, like a historical romance, you know, and it's like. We want to, modern audiences want to see diversity. We want to see, we don't want those problematic storylines to carry over and then have to view them. You know, there's no reason for that. We can reimagine text and it can still be like, that can be valuable. What was written before and what we're doing now and on screen can also just be as valuable as just a new imagine, like a reimagining of the same, of the thing for what it is now.
0: Yeah. And And I think what's so cool about Bridgerton in particular is like, yes, as you're reading, you know, each book, you see the other siblings, like they're there, but they're definitely not there as much as they are in the show. And so it gives you a chance to like really get to know all of them. And so that makes it more exciting the further on you get where it's like, Okay, so maybe you're picking up the fourth book. You've met this character, like uh, you've seen him in a couple scenes. But by the time we get to season four and season five, it's like we already really know these characters and love them already. So it's so much more fun to see their stories coming to fruition because we are so invested in them way more than we were in the books.
2: Fallon, I have a question. Were you okay with the season switch, like three and four? Yeah, I think makes sense.
1: I think it
0: makes sense for where they are. Like, I don't think, from what we have seen of Benedict so far, he's not ready. (laughs) Like, he's still out here in his hoe phase, and I (laughs) love that for him. And, like, please keep that going, because it's very entertaining. But, like, I feel like Penelope and Colin are both in a place where they're ready, and I think that that made more sense.
2: I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, obviously, this is
3: (laughs) – This is all I care about is the the season three. It was like, she was so excited about the season three, like being Penelope and Colin. She like texted me about it. Like, she was like, look. (laughs) I was like, like, texting everyone.
2: Yeah. Penelope and Colin. I'm so happy. I I mean, I was, you don't understand how much I love this. Like, I am like, I am feral for updates. Like, I need (laughs) updates. And I am so. Annoyed. And I'm excited about the Queen Charlotte um, series, too. Like, I'm excited that. But I, I'm just feral. I just I, I just need to get season three out of my system, and I will be okay. I, you guys, I will be okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> we at least
0: need a trailer. Give us something. Come on.
1: <laughs> and what I want to say, too, what we were talking about a little bit. I think they initially set the viewer up to come into this um, adaption knowing, oh, this is not are like, this is not the original Bridgerton. Like this is, um, you have like the modern retakes of the music, um, Mm -hmm. which are phenomenal. You have um, like the colors that they wouldn't have used back then. Like all the bright, um, like, you know, eye-catching things, and then you have like the the wardrobe is different than would have been historically accurate. So, like in many ways, they have brought this to a modern audience, and it's it's really phenomenal to see and. Uh, yeah, I love it, and I also love if you're waiting for uh, Bridgerton season three, and you don't want to like rewatch, go watch Dairy Girls because yeah, Dairy Girls. Is so oh, good. I need to watch
2: that. I haven't watched that. I yeah. love oh Dairy Girls. I, I just finished though.
3: I was so sad. I was I like the in the last season is done. It was the last
1: season, and I yeah, I, uh, I know gonna- it was just like such a fucking good show and hilarious. <laughs> and I can't say her name la- Nicole. Cop- yeah. How do you say? It's Coughlin. Like, Coughlin. I, I, I'm not great. I don't know if I'm 100%. It's Irish, right? So I yeah. don't know. But I'm doing it. Both but her. she stars in that um, series. In and series. she's phenomenal. Um, She's just, like, your hilarious little lesbian in that series. And yeah, I'm here for a queer it. Yeah, she's one.
3: It's so great. Yeah. It's so good. I love that show, And, like, I, lo- I loved the – and also, like, that is, like, set in another time, too. And mm-hmm. it's just – but they also did a really good job of making it feel still very like, this is a story that matters to us right now. Like these mm-hmm. are characters that you know now. And I think that that's one of the things about doing anything historical is you're, you, yes, you're that's setting the, it in another time, but you're creating a story still for modern viewers or modern readers. Yeah. That, you know, is what we want we want and need to see on, on books. Loved in books. the
2: modernization of these period piece shows like i just think they're doing I, I think that i i want more like updated modern versions of like what like, cut like both color and i mean the only thing the only uh criticism i have of bridal 10 is i want more queer like yeah. storylines i just think we are lacking in that and it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna you know do this updated thing you know then do it all the way <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I feel, like- a, I feel like about
0: yeah, Bene- Benedict is leading us right, right. to it, you know. he should,
2: should go, I mean, and maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what they're that maybe that's what they're saving him for a little bit yeah. is something you know to like build that in to something because I think that would be so interesting for them to go that direction. Yeah. Also, we know.
0: I mean, I don't know, obviously, what they are planning on, but Eloise's story, as in the book, is almost impossible at this point in time her love interest to be who it is in the books to work on the show um it was pretty much impossible after the first season and then after the second season they really dug in on that so I'm also like maybe they're gonna switch that up a little bit because they've pretty much already written off the hero from the books like he can't even be a thing so (laughs) let's just go all the way
2: let's go all the way yeah I agree yeah, okay, we're getting
0: a little short on time, so I wanted yeah. to jump into um uh, just quickly because I don't want to keep you guys all day. But um, I you had put uh tarot on your form about things you're interested in and can talk all about, and I am fascinated, so I want to hear all the things.
3: Well, so I got into tarot. This is Faith talking, I don't know, my voice is pretty recognizable, I think. I got into tarot. After going, after kind of going through some stuff with religion and sort of being like, I don't know what I think about anything um, at all. And um, really needing a way to tap into my own intuition. And so I, I, and I was terrified of getting into tarot because of my background. Um, And I I just like I I got I I didn't want to buy my own tarot deck like that's it's like kind of a superstition that you're not you don't buy your own deck you know thing and I was like I didn't want to and so my friend Liz Parker who's an author also she has a book with forever she she's in the shadow tarot, garden <laughs> in the shadow garden <laughs> yeah, yes. so good um, and she got me a deck she was like I know that you're you're like you're like having a moment here so I'm going to get you one and it was one of those. It was, I, I feel like tarot is something that like became different, I I use it in a way that I don't know if it's always like used for, but for me, it's this way to know how I feel about stuff. It's also great for storytelling, um, because it follows the Fool's Journey. The Fool's Journey is, uh, is a narrative arc of, you know, the kinds of things that we encounter in life. So that the major arcana follows the Fool's Journey, um, from the sort of the onset of his whatever journey, and there's many journeys, um, to the culmination with the world card. So that's, you know, it's, it's the major arcana. And then each suit also goes into detail about the journey in within creativity, um, you know, intellectual pursuits. So this, the wand's suit is the creativity suit. The sword suit is the intellectual suit or like air sort of like the higher higher learning, higher thinking um, the cups is water, the water suit is emotion, and so that represents your emotional journey. And then the pinnacle suit is like earthly things or like money, monetary, you know, the things that we concern ourselves on earth. And I don't know, it just be like for me, it's just this really um beautiful way to one look at when I'm feeling like I don't know how I feel about something or I need to get quiet and just, and sometimes I can, it can be hard. I can resist that, um, quietness. Uh, it's become, it's become a way to do that, but it's also a great way when I'm like, sometimes like you can pull a card for like, what should I do about this moment in the story? And, um, and that, you know, so yeah, it, you know, have you ever, you have either of you ever used tarot?
0: I haven't personally, but I have a fantastic story where I, when I was in the process of like having editor calls about Lisa on Love and, you know, everything was like very like up in the air and exciting, but also like so stressful and so tense. And I was basically just like a stress ball for like a week straight. And my best friend one day, she texted me and she was like, I pulled a card for you this morning. And I don't even remember exactly what it was, but she was like, basically, the whole meaning here is like financial prosperity. And I got my like, first like solid offer, like later that day. And I was like, yes.
3: it was probably wow. the card <laughs> <most> <laughs> or like the sun or something. Was That's like, incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah, was amazing. I was always amazing. Like
3: fascinated by how it, because it's like, my theory is that you already know what, the cards the cards aren't telling you anything you don't know so you already know it or that you already are on the path for it um and it does just kind of reaffirm that you're on like okay I'm or I'm not on the path and I I knew I wasn't on the path and I need to take a take a look at why I'm you know what's happening and so that's that's one of the I mean you know growing up it was very much like tarot is is bad you know but uh it's, just, it, it's a play. It's a card game. It's a card game that if you, the more you use it, the better you get at understanding it.
0: All right, Courtney, what have you done with tarot? I want to know.
1: Oh, I have a couple decks um, that I enjoy. And it's, it's really interesting faith that you said, um, when you sort of had issues with religion, like trying to heal from that. And um, I relate to that, because I think there's like a big piece of me that was so hurt by like, religion and religious trauma Mm -hmm. and so connecting to something beyond myself just personally it has helped Mm -hmm. heal that um Mm -hmm. and even if it's not like I don't know I I don't know beyond myself it's like just sitting I use them a lot to meditate and just to kind of reflect because I feel like my brain is always thinking like external and like it's a way to check in with myself um, and I don't do it consistently, but when I do, it's sort of like a self-love sort of practice. And um, Yeah, self-care. I yeah.
3: think it's, I mean, I think like, like what you said, it's like, it is, whether it's, uh, I kind of believe that it's more like you're tapping in, you are the higher power here. Like, you know, you're the one you're tapping in with when you tap into tarot. You're not, you know, maybe there, there's a lot of different belief systems that I'm not commenting on. Um, for me, I'm tapping into what I already know. I'm the one sort of leading my journey. I'm I'm the one on the full journey. And uh, that's what I'm tapping into. And it did it. It's, I think a lot of people find when you come, when you have religious trauma or experiences with religion, and you do come out of that, you don't want anything else that gives you a specific rule set of how you're supposed to live or what the what is happening like like in tarot really of everything is the thing that's most you get to decide what it yeah. is it's adaptable and
1: it's what you want it to be
3: that's interesting i think
2: that my my other best friend who uh i am have a business with um she has religious trauma she was raised in uh kind of a religious culty vibe and same thing of loving tarot and astrology, actually, for her, too. Um, and it, I, I'm wondering, because I was not raised, like, super religious. I was, like, a barely Catholic kid, you know. Did we go on Sunday? You know, on Easter, sure. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, but I think that it's interesting to see, like, you know, when you have religious trauma, like, how, like, a lot of people seem to be, like, after, you know, they kind of deconstruct that they kind of go for these things that bring them back to themselves. I think.
3: Yeah, because we don't. We.
0: Oh, you think you're muted?
1: <laughs> you muted yourself, Rebecca. <laughs> oh, Faith. Hold. Oh, sorry. I'm muted. <laughs> that
3: <It's all good. laughs> wasn't. We'll edit that, um, and we'll start back here with. I totally agree. I think we're not looking for um, another god. You're looking for something that is not a, a high, necessarily a higher power a higher or power. isn't a higher power in the, you know, con- box construction of a specific religion.
1: Yeah, and the cards are really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean,
2: it's fine. Yeah.
1: and And you get to interpret them for
2: yourself you know nobody's telling you how to interpret them yeah and they're Mm -hmm. still rules ish but they're not really rules i think that's interesting okay
0: love that all right so before we say goodbye can you please uh tell our listeners where they can find you both on social media
3: yeah, so we are on Instagram and Twitter, more on Instagram, um, at VictoriaXFaith, and both same for Instagram and Twitter. And then we also have a website that you can follow, and uh, go. there's a substack attached to that, and it's the same, VictoriaXFaith.com.
0: I have to say, and your website is gorgeous. I was just on it to read your bio, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, it's so good. so good.
1: Danica Corral is yeah. Yeah. Could the we just game?
2: sing um, just all of our I'm immediately cuz she's the main, she's the most yeah, she's so I mean it was just like we I, I we gave her a little bit of like, hey, we do we're weird. We do horror and we also do romance. Can you figure out a way to combine those things? So she gave us a neon heart with bats and we were like I don't this is genius. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't I I didn't know that was what I wanted, but that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm.
3: So so, I, so, like, yeah. I don't understand it. We, I Ellie love Ryan. bats too. So I was like, this is like really on for me. It's so literally that. in my, in one of our acknowledgements. I'm like, <laughs> like
2: you're not a bat because like her, like uh, she got obsessed with bats for yeah. a minute in her in her front yard, I think. And yeah. uh, her husband said to her, you know,
3: was just like, you're not a
2: bat. Yeah. And so that's what we, it's in our acknowledgement. So, yeah. Oh, that's our family, even inside joke.
3: I love wild. I like really love wild animals. Like I love all kinds of animals. I love like bats. I'm like, they're, they're at night and they're just they're so cool. I don't know, man. Oh my gosh. Totally I love it.
0: <laughs> you are. So yeah,
2: carton bats. So yes, go see our website. It's, Danica. it's
0: amazing. Um, and you can also get Ellie is cool. Now it is on sale. Go buy it. It'll also be linked in the show notes. So you can just pick it up there.
2: Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was so much fun. It's love. Thank you so much for having us. This was so fun. It was like talking to our friends. Like it was yay. yay. We are That's friends.
1: That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are, but like, just, you know. That's awesome. Stressful. Totally. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at underscore k k a e on all social media platforms and you can find me fallon ballard at fallon ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media if you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to zachary Kibby and matt ballard for our amazing theme song thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time